welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 145 for Saturday the 23rd of March 2019. Coming up on this week's diary, the end is in sight. I'm going to cross the finish line writing three books between mid-January and March. I've got the results of my 13th submission of The Secret Bunker to BookBub and why I'm cross with Kobo this week. First though, let's go for this week's word count and I've now got 10,000 words to go to finish the first draft of book three. So on Sunday the 17th of March, I wrote 5,060 words. Yesterday, as I'm recording this, Thursday the 21st of March, I wrote 5,291 words. And in the last five minutes, I've literally, I've literally just stopped writing, got a glass of water, and I'm recording this for reasons that I'll mention in a moment or two. I've written uh, 5,103 words today. I won't be writing on Saturday, but I will be writing 5,000 words on Sunday, and then I'll finish draft one of the book on Thursday, the 28th of March. Now, I was not happy with my writing yesterday. It's interesting, isn't it? I, um, a couple of things happened. I'll, I'll talk to you about uh, Kobo in a moment or two. But you know when you kind of start off on the wrong foot? You start off a day on the wrong foot. And, and so when my wife went to work and I was sitting down to write I kind of wasn't really ready for it but I make myself write anyway because I, I don't believe in in writer's block and I, I do really think that if you don't just sit down and start writing that the writing doesn't get done if you make excuses the writing doesn't get done so I don't generally make excuses illness usually or, or you know or death in the family is pretty well the only excuse I make uh, otherwise I just try and keep writing so, you know, I didn't really feel like it yesterday and I was forcing myself to write. And actually the writing was good, but um I needed to get to the all is lost moment in the book yesterday. And when I got there, I was not happy with the way I'd done it. I I brought, I set up a load of strands and I brought them together, but I wasn't happy with the way I brought them together. So, so that was bothering me. And I was thinking, right, okay, this is only a first draft. Don't get caught up in this. You come back and you do that in the second draft. But in actual fact, when I sat down this morning, and I was in the right frame of mind, I sat down, I looked at just scanning what I'd done yesterday. And I thought, aha, right, okay, if I just remove that section there, if I develop that all these lost moments over three chapters. So basically, I, I kind of just drop the bombs on, on over three chapters so that by the time you get to the end of the third, we've really hit this kind of terrible crisis point I thought that does it way better than me hurrying it in the way that I had done so that's what I was writing today I, I've really created three chapters of all is lost <laughs> there's not really much hope I got to figure out how we get out of it now of course because I've only got a couple of chapters to dig my way out of it uh, but we will we'll manage don't worry uh, we always do but so all of these things have been set up and uh, and it's a very strong all is lost moment and it needs to be on the third book of a trilogy you need to feel like oh my goodness how the heck are they all going to get out of this one uh, i've <laughs> i've got about a day to figure out the details but no i know how i know how it ends i know how they're getting out uh, it's all good fun um but i was much happier after today's writing i really uh, it's the first time on this book actually where i've written something i thought no i'm not happy with that i'm going to have to come back to that i'm going to really have to come back to that and and sort that out uh, but I but I sorted it out today, and I, I feel really pleased about that because 
you know, I didn't, I didn't want to create a knot that I knew I was going to have to come back and solve. Uh, but I've managed to solve it in today's writing. So there we are. Uh, we're up to 40,000, whatever it is, words we're up to now. And we'll reach 50,000 next Thursday and we'll be good to go then. And of course, also this week, I've been editing for the second time, my second pass of the second book that I've done. But I only edited this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I will finish that book off on uh, Monday and Tuesday evenings of next week. And then that will be ready to hand over to John and James, who are my collaborators. So they've already got book one, um, which I've I've been through several times now. I think they will now go through it uh, because it's their world. So there'll be things that they just need to tweak and change for consistency they'll send it to their editor and then by the time they've done that they'll have book two and by the time they've done that they'll have book three so uh you know it's all going to be it's all going to arrive on time so editing and writing this week which always feels good now i should say to you today that 23rd of march saturday when you're listening to this probably is my birthday and that's significant if you heard me setting my annual goals because i'd said to you it's my 54th birthday today so the the clock is ticking away to that 55th birthday and that 55th birthday was very important in terms of my overall goals so if you can remember that far back my overall goals I'm setting to 2020 and those goals were that I wanted to have written at least 20 books by the time I'm I'm 55 so I want 20 books in the pot by the time I'm 55 uh, with this book written that's me up to 18 so I'll have another two to go over the course of a year which as you know the speed I write that's going to be okay now I'm definitely going to have those 20 books done well you know I'm, I'm sure I'm as sure as I can be uh, we can never say definitely can we I'm as sure as I can be that I'm going to have those 20 books done by the time I'm 55 in a year's time and then my other big overarching goals were that I wanted to run a park run uh in 30 minutes or less and I wanted to be 10 and a half stone so for me the clock starts to tick from today. I got a year to reach those targets. And a year feels like a lot of time and not a lot of time. Now, today, I will be running my 10th park run. If you listen to these diaries uh, regularly or you've listened for some time, um, you'll know that it, it only feels like five minutes ago that I was doing my first park run. I immediately took them. I love them. I highly recommend them. If you're like me, somebody who, who doesn't naturally enjoy uh, exercise, uh, keeping fit. It's not something I find, uh, you know, easy or that attracts me. Um, but I, I love, I love, love, love park runs. You know, they're everything that PE should have been when we were at school and they're so inclusive. Uh, and, and actually there are so many lessons you could learn about your writing when you take part in park runs. Um, you know, I, I said, I don't want to go into this too much, but I will go into the writing lessons in that, um, I will, by the end of today, I will have done 50,000 kilometers since I started doing the park runs. And my aim with the park runs really was to try and get the park run habit up to my birthday. So I knew there was no way was I going to get sub 30 uh, minutes uh, by this birthday. It's going to have to be a slower burn thing. I think I might get it sooner than my, uh, my 55th birthday. I, I think so. But, um, but I, I got it. I got a year to get my time up. And I think I'm about, can't remember what my personal best is. It's about something like 36 minutes at the moment. But what I've been doing with these, I wanted to hit 10 park runs on my birthday because they, they usually give you a, a call out. They usually give you a call out when you hit 10 runs and they give you a call out on your birthday. So I, I'm hoping that I'll, I'll let you know next week. I should get a double call out when I do the run on Saturday morning, um, which is just a kind of little fun sort of vanity thing to aim for, I guess. But it's a little incentive to do the 10 runs by my birthday. And, and when I'm running round, 
doing a park run. There are so many lessons there, I think, about writing because I'm never first. I'm way off the first. There are people lapping me, people who are really fast. And these people have park run T-shirts on. They've been doing it 50 times, 100 times. You know, they've been doing it for a long time. They've committed and they're lapping me. Okay, But I'm also lapping the slowest person. And why I love park runs is, um, you know, there was a lady there. I really admire the people at the back. Um, they, they leave no one behind in a park run. So even if it took you two hours to get round a five kilometre course, they always have a pace setter at the back who walks with the slowest person. And usually the slowest person, you know, is somebody who's quite clearly working through an injury or a disability or something like that. And I have every respect for the person at the back. And this is why I say this is what P should have been, because it should have, you know, P at school should have been massively inclusive. Whereas my experience of P was that they were skimming people off of the teams. They were always after the best ones all the time. And, and if you weren't one of the best ones, well, it was just hard luck. You know, it's just kind of entertaining you. That's what my experience was at school. Whereas here, you know, everybody makes it. Everybody gets to the end. Everybody gets encouragement around the course. And I've just, you know, I just think it's an amazing um, experience. So I'm being lapped by people who are better than me. But I'm also able to lap people who are behind me. So I'm not the last. I'm far off the first. Um, but we all finish the course in different times. And I, and when I'm running around, you know, trying not to expire from a heart attack, a midlife heart attack, I'm thinking this. I think this is so much like writing. I'm not at the front. Uh, you know, I'm nowhere near the front as a writer, but neither I, neither am I at the back. You know, I've had a, a I have a three thousand pound month this month. You know, that's not me at the back. I, when I started, I was, um, like everybody when they start earning five dollars, ten dollars, and then I hit a, a threshold of a thousand dollars and a thousand pounds, or we hit a five thousand pounds, and I'm not doing it every month. I, you know, I can't keep that performance up all the time. It's very inconsistent. But in terms of running, I'm not right at the back. I'm not anywhere near the front but I'm somewhere in the middle. And while I'm running around there doing that, I'm always thinking that this is, you know, there are so many lessons here about our writing and that you don't have to be at the front. So we all make it around the course at the end. You know, we all get there in our own time um, in a, and in our own way. So um, I know that's a little bit of a, a, a diversion, but um, I think you can learn a lot from that uh, situation. I, I certainly do. Uh, but I'm really pleased because I know that when I got back from Spain, I said to you, I think I, went, I turned up for a park run. It was cancelled because of the weather. Do you know what? When I ran last Saturday, it is in, in my life, it is the wettest, worst weather I have ever run in. And I thought, here I am turning out, well, I'm usually there at about 830 uh, ready for a nine o'clock race on a Saturday. Here I am turning out, getting out of my bed to go for a run in atrocious weather, and I'm doing it voluntarily and enjoying it. I never thought I would see the day, uh, but it will be my 10th run um, on my birthday on the 23rd of March. I timed it like that specifically and intentionally, and uh, I did think I wasn't going to get those six runs in between when I got back from Spain and the end of March. In actual fact, next week, I'm going to see my mum in Lincolnshire. They have a local park run and I'm going to go and do the local park run. So I'll actually get seven runs in in this quarter. Now, what I've been doing with the park runs, I haven't really been aiming for time. I've just, you know, I haven't exercised or haven't done sustained exercise like that for so long uh, that I just had to build up my resilience, which is, again, another another lesson for writing, really, is that I just had to make sure I could get around the track, that I could jog around the track all the time. And that from from next quarter... That's when I start to push for time. So uh, I've got a timer. I've got a stopwatch. I will be trying very proactively to be skimming off my time. Now, again, 
I, I got my best time on Park Run when the weather was fine. So yes, uh, last week I was absolutely drenched and I actually took my gloves off at one stage because they were so wet. I could feel them actually um, weighting down my hands a little bit. That's how wet it was last week. It was appalling weather and it was windy, windy enough to take your breath away when you turn one of the corners. So um <laughs> when the weather gets better, my times will get better because I'm a fair weathered runner, much easier in the, in the better weather. And so I'm going to really start to push after my birthday. I really start to push for time there because if I don't start pushing for new targets, and again, this does relate to writing again, if we, if we don't keep pushing, 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 we're not going to improve our performance. Um, I'm going to start pushing with the running as well because I need to be very proactively setting targets to go from a sort of 36 minute time down to a 30 minute time, which basically means I've got a minute to shave off my time every two months over the next 12 months. If I don't push for that target, I have no hope of reaching it. And if I don't state that target, I have no hope of reaching it, which is why um, there are so many parallels with rising and running uh, because, you know, if you don't, if you want to improve your income goals, you'll hear me constantly telling you, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I know I should be happy, but I'm not happy. And I keep setting you goals and you ain't going to hit those new goals unless you set them in the first place. You've got to know what you're aiming for to be able to hit the target and to know that you've done it. So uh, there you go. That's just a little diversion there. Um, but I, when I have done uh, too much work, what is it? All play. All work and no play makes Jack or Jill uh, a dull boy or girl. So um, because it's been my birthday this week, I kind of scheduled fun. I had to write. Um, I, I might not have written if we hadn't had all the funeral disruption um, earlier in, in in the sort of in this quarter. But I've I've had to juggle time um, to make sure that I get the three books written before the end of March. So I had to, I'm not going to write on my birthday, but I will be writing on the Sunday and I will write on the Thursday. Uh, but this week, basically, I I thought to myself, right, I'll do the things I have to do, which is the writing of this podcast diary. And after that, I'm not doing anything. So I've you know been out for food with friends. Um, I was out with my wife at the cinema last night, and we went for tea. Um, at a Weatherspoons, I think we're we're, get, we're watching some great Netflix. Uh, or prime Amazon Prime films we've lined up uh, over the weekend. So we're getting a nice Chinese takeaway tonight and, and we'll do that. And then my wife's at work tomorrow. So when I've done my park run, I'll get to meet her in town for lunch. And then when she finishes her shift, we're going for a drink and we're going to go to a restaurant for tea. So I've, I've kind of had a weekend of fun, even though I still have to do some work around that too because uh you know you can't you can't just do all work and it is my birthday and what better excuse to skive a little bit on your birthday and um, i'm also you know that i've um not struggled but i haven't it's been quite it's been quite it's so first world this isn't it but it has it's been intense i'm going to use that word again it's been intense doing all this writing since i got back from spain and when i finished draft one of the final book on thursday i've treated myself to a weekend away so i'm going away to lincolnshire uh, away from the computer away from editing away from anything and i'm just going to have some fun visiting the family in lincolnshire go and see my mum for mother's day it seemed like good timing and then i'll come back i'm not writing in April, I'm going to finish these books for John and James, do my kind of edits. Uh, I'm sure when the books come back from their editor, I'll have to come back in and do some editing again. But I want to be able to, I want to pass those books over to John and James in the best condition that I can. And then I'm planning for my next writing, which will begin in May. I think, the, the, let me tell you the date, May the 2nd, Thursday the 2nd of May is when I will intend to start writing once again so that's how things are panning out at the moment um let's see 
I might do some tweaks. And the other thing that comes next week, of course, is that I'm reviewing my quarter one goals because it's the end of a month next week. And I'm talking about my quarter two goals. So if you keep listening to my podcast diaries, you'll find out what's been achieved this month. But also I will set my course for quarter two in where well, you'll hear it in, in a couple of weeks time when I do my podcast diary and I tell you what my quarter two goals are going to be. That's when I really tie it down. And that's when I commit to those goals. Okay, lots of general news this week. I placed Who to Trust, One Fatal Error and Burden of Guilt in separate Amazon ads. And the reason I did that is because they're now in KDP Select. And for those three books, I can get the benefit of page reads. So, um, they, I, I, and I already am, by the way, getting page reads and all those three books. If you, if you remember, I said to you that those books have done nothing. I've made my money off. Don't tell Meg. It's my own fault. I didn't do anything with those books, but my plan is to put new covers on them, new blurbs, relaunch them and see what we could do with them. But in the meantime, I don't, I don't need them as any part of my funnel. Now I've just had this don't tell Meg, um, promo. Uh, uh, Dead of Night is the one that, that I'm selling as a result of that directly. Um, so I've taken these, put them into KDP Select. I wanted to run some Amazon ads on them specifically, not generally, because I wanted, to, I want to see whether we can squeeze reads out. I'm really interested in, in getting page reads on there. And what I am going to do also, um, while I've got these books in KDP Select for three months, is I will be uh, running Amazon free promos on them. I'll be sending lots of traffic to them. And I'm also going to act on the, the new information that I've got from that brilliant book bub book that I was recommending to you last night by Dave Gogran, Goffran. Uh, I'm also in the middle of reading his Amazon book at the moment. I, I, and I really, I really need to give you a strong steer again on this one. The BookBub book, which I hadn't even finished reading last week when I recommended to you, it has some brilliant tips in. And I've not heard these tips anywhere else other than in Dave's book. So um, I was looking at the paperback actually thinking, Do you know, I, I got so much information from that book. I kind of want to get the paperback so I can go through it and underline all the important bits. Paperback's quite expensive. I think it was twelve ninety nine, which is it's a bit expensive, there, isn't it? So I might just have to stick with my highlights on my Kindle, which I think was two ninety nine, three ninety nine, something like that. But it was a, a perfectly reasonable price. Twelve ninety nine. Got to think about that for a paperback. Um, but the so you've got to pay for the BookBub guide that Dave wrote. But the Kindle book that he wrote comes free with his list, uh, the Amazon Ads book. And, it, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm going through that and I'm really getting a lot of great information from that. So I, I strongly recommend those. But I mean, Dave's, honestly, his BookBub is so good. And remember, I've spent quite a lot of money on BookBub ads. I did the training uh, that Adam Croft had done uh, for the Alliance of Independent Authors. And I also did the training that Adam had done in Mark Dawson's uh, ads training. So I've done all of those. I put all that into practice. Um, you know, I've had a modicum of success with those ads, but I got to tell you, it was Dave's book in combination with those videos. Uh, but Dave's book has got so many ninja tips there that I didn't learn elsewhere. Um, it's absolutely packed with them. Some brilliant, brilliant stuff in there. So I'm going to be putting that to the test with these three books now that are in KDP Select because I want to learn the tricks. I want to do the things in Dave's book so that I'm ready when I start to rapid release uh, the the ads. And now I'm not going to talk you through Dave's book because I want him to make a living from his work. It is very, very good. Uh, but there's lots of tips in there that I'm going to be putting into practice when I come, uh, and I want to be ready for them when I do my rapid release. So I have uh, London Book Fair um, 
because the uh, I've the money's sort of come in now from from this book bubble, or I know how much money I've I've got. We're towards the end of the month now. Um, what I've decided to do is because this year will be the last, or, or Craig Martel says it's the last European twenty books event coming up in July. Uh, obviously, I'm booked in for that now. I've got my trains, got my hotel. I'm definitely going to that. That's absolutely dead cert now. I'm 100% committed to that. It's all paid for. Um, I did think that uh, Mark Dawson had posted something this week saying that he's still intending to have an event just before London Book Fair, which would have to be the Monday before, I'm guessing. I've taken a bit of a gamble with it. So I have already booked my London Book Fair hotel for next year. I know it's way ahead, but I've, I've got the money. The money will come from this BookBub launch and I've budgeted and allocated that money. So it's, it's being spent out of income. Um, that will, I won't get paid that income for another two months, but that's what's going to pay for that hotel. So I, I went on booking.com. It's a cancelable, no deposit booking. And I've booked it from the Sunday right through to the Thursday. So I am intending to be there for London Book Fair this week. And the reason I did that was I thought, um, what I need to do is to get a hotel at a reasonable price before it all gets booked out. So I'll do it a year out. And the hotel hasn't cost me very much. I'm quite pleased with the hotel cost. It's 210, something like that for four nights, which I think is very good, uh, for, for London. And it's, I, I've got all the, the Teague requirements like, um, I always get twin beds when I'm in London because my brother, my brother works in London and we, we always meet up and go for food. So it means my brother can stay overnight. So I got a twin bedded room and private facilities in, in a place that looks nice. It's not a, a hostel or anything like that, you know, a youth hostel or anything like that. Not, I've stayed in youth hostels in London before. They're fab actually, uh, which is another tip for you if you're ever looking for cheap accommodation, but uh, it's a, it's a hotel rather than being a youth hostel or anything like that. Um, so I have put my stake in the ground for London Book Fair for next year. Um, and it is booked already. Now clearly that could be cancelled, but when Mark Dawson said about his event and he's looking for speakers and things like that, I thought, Ooh, this looks quite a safe bet now. Let's get this booked in. We'll attend Mark's event the day before, and then I'll go to London Book Fair, and I'll, I'll arrange to meet people that I know down there and have a nice uh, couple of days of activity, uh, maybe record some podcast episodes or something like that. And, and that's all fitting together very well. But I'm hoping that a combination of London Book Fair and Mark Dawson's event will be my kind of European equivalent of 20 books in 2020. I have placed, by the way, a YouTube video of Craig Martell and Michael Andelay discussing rapid release strategies. They did a video on the 20 or via the 20 books Facebook page earlier this week, which was very good. They were boiling down the different rapid release strategies that they'd used in a single half hour video. So because I've been talking so much about rapid release, I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll wait for them to publish that. They've published it on their YouTube channel. And to save you having to hunt for it, I've placed it on the resources page for episode 145 of this diary. I have submitted The Secret Bunker 1 to BookBub this week. It was 13th time lucky. But it's been rejected again. Yep, 13th time of rejection for The Secret Bunker 1. They really don't... Um well, they're not snapping that book. They're not snatching it out of my hands, that book, which is which is really interesting. I, I, I can't help but feel there must be something in the parameters where they look at the number of reviews and the star ratings and the covers and the blurb. I keep looking at it thinking, what, what is it that's putting them off this book? But 
it's no different from the other books I've done. So that makes me think, hmm, is it just luck of the draw? I know people have submitted to book, but many, many times and, and uh, many more than 13 times. In fact, if you have submitted more than 13 times and not got a deal, just, just, just let me know. It'd be quite nice for me to share some numbers just for people who've never done a book bub before, because it can be a little bit disheartening. I mean, if I'd never had a book bub in any, in any other category, I'd be fairly depressed, I think, about having submitted 13 times and not having got a bite. But because I've had bites from my other books, I could be a little bit more gung-ho about it and say, well, whatever, I'll submit again next next month. And also next month, I can submit my grid trilogy again so i got kind of two books one of them which has already had a book but um so it's already if you want proven its worth it's already jumped over the hurdles once so um let's see how that goes but that's the 13th time of being knocked down out for the secret bunker one Uh, book bub do say the chances of you getting one of those deals is very very low um, I can't complain about the hit rate I've had. I'm not complaining about the hit rate I've had, but I really would like to get the secret bunker into a book, but I'm just going to keep trying month after month after month until either, <laughs> either, either I retire or, uh, <laughs> you know, or they actually say yes and we get one and we can see what it's like, see what kind of money, uh, that it makes. The, the other thing, of course, I can try is to put the trilogy up maybe on a 99 cents pence deal or something like that. So I'll consider my options, but I would like to get the secret bunker into a book bub if I, if I possibly can. And this actually feeds into one of the headlines when I said I was a bit annoyed with Kobo this week. Um, when I was, I was just making my prices consistent ready for the BookBub submission. So when you submit to BookBub, you have to tell them what price you're selling it for and you, you tell them what the offer price is. So I'm usually selling my books at $3.99 in the USA, $2.99 in the UK, and I'm then reducing to zero. And what I what I wanted to do, I'm always looking at what might have put them off. What I decided to do before I submitted it was to just bump my India price up. In India, I just have a policy of pricing at the very lowest price that anybody will let me do because I just want to find readers in India in the first instance to see if I can get some traction. So I just put it the lowest price I'm allowed to. And what I decided to do because one of the territories that BookBub asks you to give them a link for is India. I thought, I'll tell you what, let's just try something different here. And I'll, I'll put the book price of the Secret Bunker 1 in India up to, a, up to a proper price rather than a really, really heavily discounted price and just see if that works. So I'd gone into Kobo to make some changes and I was just waiting for that to be approved. They're very, very quick with their approvals usually. Uh, you, get, you get an email within an hour or two hours. And they they blocked the book. They um, They took it... They unpublished it which is this is the bit that's really annoyed me they unpublished the book and then all of a sudden they're telling me that my my metadata the way I've listed the book is not correct now that book how long have I been on Kobo a year now maybe less than a year but I've been on Kobo for quite a long time now certainly more than six months that book has been listed for a long time and then because they've reviewed it because I I changed something in the book just because I, I changed the price in India or whatever it was obviously somebody's eyes have have popped over my book again and they've said, Oh, no, that's in the wrong order. Uh, we're going to block that and you need to change that. Now, I, I think I changed it. I looked at the other books and thought, well, it's exactly the same as books two and three and the same as the grid trilogy. I've used the same technique for listing these books. Why is it suddenly wrong? So I listed again. It got knocked back. And of course, my frustration now was that I'd submitted to BookBub. And when you clicked on my secret bunker book one link, it wasn't available. They hadn't just asked me to change it and said, look, you've got seven days to change this, like, say, Amazon would. They'd just unpublished it. They'd blocked it. So I was really annoyed about this because, of course, I was in the period when 
BookBub were going to be reviewing that link. And when they clicked on the link for Kobo, nothing was going to be there now. And, and as I say, the frustrating thing is, is that I had books two and three were listed in the same format, as were the grid books. And they just got a beer in their bonnet all of a sudden. Now, what this related to was on the covers of my books that the big wording is The Secret Bunker. So that's the series title. Um, but I started calling it The Secret Bunker Trilogy uh, way after I'd written the books because I just learned stuff. So on the covers, it all says that the, the Secret Bunker in big words and then the title of the book, Darkness Falls, The Four Quadrants and Regeneration are in slightly smaller wording. So I think I'd, in my cobi, put my title something like The Secret Bunker 1, Darkness Falls, and I'd called the series The Secret Bunker Trilogy rather than having a subtitle. And I'd called the book, um, you know, book one, book two, book three, just to make sure they were linked in the series. So, you know, really, uh, it's really just you say either, I say either in many respects, in that although it's Kobo's Kobo's platform, they make the rules, of course, no one was going to die from this. You know, it wasn't like I was calling it, um, it wasn't like it was titled um, Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. What I mean is that it wasn't deceptively titled. No one was going to die as a result of the way I'd listed it, um, even though they might have required me to to make those changes. And and so I, I, I've been, well, I hope I've been polite, but I have been quite assertive with Kobo this week in my in my tickets to them to say I, I've let them know that I'm cross about this. And I've let them know that why I'm cross is that they've been inconsistent. And, and this really bothers me about big industries. I mean, the fact that I'm banned on Facebook at the moment is as a result of Facebook applying the rules inconsistently. Okay, I know that because I haven't broken any rules. You know, I know the rules. I read the rules. I teach the rules. I know I haven't broken the rules on Facebook. So they are applying their rules inconsistently. Um, I've been caught with eBay before, uh, uh, with them applying rules inconsistently. Now I've been caught with Kobo applying rules inconsistently. By inconsistently, I mean they approved those listings. And I've resubmitted metadata on the Secret Bunker one several times. So they've been, if you want, reapproved on several occasions. They suddenly get a bee in their bonnet because somebody spots that perhaps it isn't completely adhering to their terms and conditions. And rather than write me a polite note to say, we've noticed that this doesn't, this isn't listed in, in line with our guidelines or our requirements. Um, please would you list it along, along these guidelines within a week? Um, if it's not done within a week, we'll need to take it down. Now, surely that's a more measured approach to asking somebody to make a change. Bearing in mind, I haven't conned anything. There's no deception there. It's really just a, you say either, I say either, and they did approve it in the first place. They approved it in the first place and continued to approve it. To me, that is not an appropriate move to take my book down while I'm fixing it. It's a much more appropriate move to say we're giving you a certain time period even if they say 24 hours 48 hours we're giving you a certain time period to put that right after which we will take your book down particularly when it was as a result of them letting it through in the first place so that is a big rant with Kobo and I, and I said to them if I want inconsistent rules applied if I want rules applied inconsistently I can go to Kindle and Amazon for that you know or any other big organization with Kobo you expect a slightly more personal approach I think I expect a little bit more leeway with Kobo particularly as frankly I'm not making any money from them I'm making more money from Amazon I'm making more money from Apple uh, it, it's a pretty close thing. I think I'm probably making more money from Barnes & Noble at the moment. So I was just saying to them, this does not make it attractive for me to stay wide 
with Kobo if I'm being treated uh, in this inconsistent way. So I am pretty cross about that, as you can tell this week. That is a bit of a rant. Um, but um, I, I, I expected better of Kobo. I really did expect better. When you read uh, Mark Lefebvre's book, one of the things he talks about is it's a small team of people. Uh, they know the authors. Uh, you know, it's it's much more friendly. And I don't feel like I got that with the way that 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 was handled. And I've let them know that I'm not at all um, happy with that. Uh, not in a rude way, I hope, but in an assertive way. So there you go. That's my little rant uh, this week. I never thought I'd be ranting about something like that. But there you go. You live and you learn, don't you? Okay. Um, I received a tip from an anonymous source this week. Thank you very much. And it was a tip about being able to use Facebook ads again. And it made some good points and it caused me to think. So I am, I'm using this technique at the moment to see if I can advertise legitimately on Facebook again. So no cheats, no slights of hands or anything like that, but it was a very good point. And I'm, I am familiar with how this works entirely. Uh, it uses Facebook ads manager effectively. But I, I am going to I'm going to give it a try. The, the, the problem with this, this kind of goes back to my, my rant about Kobo is because Facebook, number one, have not told me why I'm banned. They've given me no indication whatsoever as to what the problem is. I have observed all the rules, so I'm clueless as to what I'm supposed to have done in Facebook prison. And so part of me thinks there's not an awful lot of point in advertising because presumably whatever evil I've done on Facebook uh, this unexpressed evil that I'm supposed to have done. Um, whatever I've done, I don't have got a clue what I've done. I'm just going to do it again because I'm working within the guidelines that they state on their site. Um, so I'm clueless as to what uh, I've been doing wrong, but I am probably going to have a try and I will probably try it with a non don't tell Meg book. But you see, even I'm guessing that it was don't tell Meg in the first, but I haven't got a clue why um, Facebook banned me. So I'm just completely clueless. And this just goes back to what I was saying about these big organizations being inconsistent with their rules and applying them in the manner of a petulant two-year-old. Um, you know, rather than talking to you, uh, rather than explaining what's wrong, rather than giving you a reasonable period in which to make an adjustment, they just petulantly throw their toys out the pram and say, well, you can't do this. You can't advertise. Hard luck. We've delisted your book. And that really is not a very uh, clever attitude to have. And it certainly doesn't breed any loyalty. Um, so when those um, services uh, start to go the way of uh, MySpace, um, <laughs> we'll all be happy about it. I, I mean, I, with Facebook, I think there's, I think it's like a resentful family relationship, isn't it? Facebook. I don't think any of us actually love Facebook. Um, I'd, be, I'd be interested to know if anybody actually loves Facebook. I resentfully use it, recognizing it, what a powerful tool it is, but resentful is the key word there because I, I kind of resent their power over me that, that I need to be advertising on Facebook as a indie author. But having said that, if you read Dave Gochran's books, if you read his book on BookBub and Amazon, uh, Dave makes a very, very strong case for BookBub ads. And, uh, well, I'm interested to see if I can make them as work as well as he has, because if I can, that's very interesting. Very, very interesting, because Dave kind of is not a huge fan of Facebook ads. He speaks much more highly of BookBub ads. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, apologies for that. A bit, a bit of ranting there. I mean, I, I hope it's with due cause, because it is very frustrating when uh, you, you, you say, I've, I, if I've broken the rules, I haven't got a clue what I've done. 
but uh, I, I certainly haven't been going out of my way to break the rules. I try as hard as I can to abide by them, but it is it is very frustrating when you're blocked and you can't reason with somebody. You can't actually make a case and have an appeal of any kind. I mean, even even in our legal system, for goodness sake, we have the right of appeal. We know what we're charged with, and we have the right of appeal. Not with Facebook, you know. So anyhow, that's not Paul. You're going off on one. Stop, stop. Right, let's get to happier things. Um. On Twitter this week, Amelia Hay uh, tweeted me to say that she's been listening to my diaries from the start. She said, I've started listening to your podcast diary episode from the start. I'm now up to episode 19. Um, It's nice to hear how the show has evolved. And I've noticed that some things haven't changed in a good way. So... um, I said to Amelia, you deserve a medal for that. I mean, that's really is, you know, resilience of the highest order. Uh, she'd listened to 19 podcast diaries over the course of a week. And I mean, those diaries are so old now, Amelia. I don't think my voice had even broken, had it, in those first diaries. But uh, thank you very much. I mean, that's why I put the diaries there, because if you do have the resilience to listen to them from the beginning, if you're very, if you're completely new to, to self-publishing, if you go through those diaries, you'll probably hear every pain and frustration that you're ever likely to have as an indie author you'll hear it all there and you'll hear me starting my indie author career from just making a couple of dollars a month to breaking through the thresholds to being where I am now and if you listen now you'll know I'm still frustrated with my progress but it's all there in those diaries and if you're ever feeling in your indie author career that you're stuck you're frustrated um, uh, this is only happening to you. I hope that that record of diaries will be there as, as, a, as a legacy to show the whole of the journey that I've taken and to show that even with my, <laughs> frankly, slow and poor results, you can still make progress over a period of something like three years. And I also got uh, a tweet from Edwin Downward who certainly knows how to guarantee coverage on this podcast because he posted a picture of the cute bunnies that he cares for with their cages decorated in readiness for the arrival of the Easter bunny. And I've put that picture on this week's resources page. It's podcast diary 145. If you want to have a uh, look, a picture of gratuitous, very cute bunnies that Edwin has sent my way for the podcast. Now, uh, coming up on Thursday, the 4th of April, which is just over two weeks time, it is the third anniversary of Self-Publishing Journeys, the podcast, not the third anniversary of the diaries, but the third anniversary of the podcast. And to mark that, I'm going to release three episodes on Thursday, the 4th of April. The reason that I've carved them up into three episodes is because uh, it would be like War and Peace if I did it as one episode. So I've broken it up. Uh, You'll get basically three downloads on the day in your feed and you could just listen to them one at a time rather than listening to one great long one. I just thought it would make it more manageable. And the, the title now, it's all planned out and I've started to record them in actual fact. The title is 75 useful tips, tricks and resources for indie authors. What I've learned in three years of presenting my self-publishing podcast. So it's very much a reader's digest version of, of where I am right now. The resources I use, the lessons I've learned, the books I've read, the podcasts I listen to. I'm just throwing it all into a pot. I've got a list of 75 things and I'm going to share those 75 things over three special episodes and those episodes will drop into your feed on Thursday the 4th of April so hopefully you'll find those useful but why I particularly wanted to do it is for people who are joining this podcast diary maybe they're just discovering it right now and I just thought it was a useful line in the sand to say this is where I am after three years this is what I'm doing 
at the moment. Of course, those things will change in a year's time, in two years, three years' time, but I just felt that it's a really useful episode. It's been quite a nice trip for me, actually, to, to research it because it's reminded me of a few little uh, tools I've got in my tool belt that um, I ought to revisit. So thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast diary. Apologies for the uh, little rants in there, but I'm sure they're shared in the spirit of just letting you know what some of the pitfalls are that you might encounter uh, when you're working as a self-published author. Okay, I'm off to enjoy my birthday. I'll have another diary update for you next Saturday when I will be reporting that I have finished my third 50,000 word book. Uh, which I started writing mid-January and I will finish before the end of March. I'm looking forward to doing that. To finish a completer, it's going to give me great joy to tick three books off my list in quarter one of 2019. Have a great week of writing, editing, whatever it is you're doing. Speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.